Hey, this is Brian Bowden from Inside the Goblin Universe and Nobo Booby, which stands for Nobody But Me, and you're listening to Cat Ward and Paranormal Heart. Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Welcome back, folks, to Paranormal Heart. I'm your host, Kat Ward. You can find new episodes on the second and last Sunday of each month on Podbean, YouTube, FringeRadioNetwork.com, and any place you find fine podcasts. If you've had paranormal encounters you'd like to share, you can either be a guest on the show, or you can submit them in writing, and I'll be happy to narrate your story. Tis the season. I'd like to take this opportunity to wish you all a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, or whatever you celebrate this time of year. But the important thing to remember is that we all treat each other with respect and love. So please, be kind to one another as well as yourself. Last episode, I mentioned a contest. The day after this episode first airs will be the last day to submit your stories for me to narrate or to send your own story you've read. So hurry and get those stories in. Up for grabs is a -a one-of-a-kind Paranormal Heart Podcast hoodie, a men's size 4X. The winner will be announced on the last episode of the year, which will be December 26. Winner will be notified via email. Good luck, everyone. On episode 71, my special guest is founder and lead investigator of Ottawa Paranormal Research and Investigations, John Moore. He first became fascinated with the paranormal as a young boy growing up on the east coast of Canada in the province of New Brunswick. He saw his first apparition at the age of nine while inside the family-owned funeral home. From that moment forward, he's been searching for answers to the many unanswered questions that surround this topic. John has been investigating since 1995, and he built his team based on the concept of paranormal unity, coming together as a community to share knowledge in order to help people in desperate need. His ultimate goal is to use what he's learned in order to help people and share his knowledge with future generations of paranormal investigators. I give you John Moore. Hey, John, welcome to Paranormal Heart. Hey, Kat, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm really happy you accepted. I've been wanting to ask you for a while and uh, finally got around to asking you, And uh, which is funny because you're just a couple hours away from me, so... <laughs> can, can funny how that works, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so before we get into the nitty-gritty, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, I've been an investigator for over 25 years now. Uh, I started on the east coast of Canada. I can't even count how many of the investigations I've been on, upwards of like, <laughs> probably getting close to like seven, 800 by now. Oh, wow. All across, all across Canada and the U.S., so. Mm-hmm. I strive to, uh, to get that many under my belt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> would be nice. Uh, yeah, the... 
last couple of years, uh, you're probably like our team um, with COVID. It kind of put a kibosh on stuff, on uh, investigating. So, yeah, we kind of been uh, kept our operations shut down for the most part. We do occasional location, but we haven't been doing any of our uh, usual public events or mm -hmm. any private home investigations because of all this. Yeah. It's uh, strange times. And I have to apologize to you and to the listeners. We have we got a new dog a couple of weeks ago. Uh, she's a year old, and uh, I have to keep her in here with me. Otherwise, she's on the other side of the door barking, but she's still kind of making a little bit of noises in here. So I do apologize. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember a few years ago on, and I hope you don't mind my bringing this up, um, I saw an episode, the first season of Paranormal Survivor, and mm -hmm. it took me a little bit to realize that the John Moore they were mentioning was actually you, and I remember messaging you saying, is that you? <laughs> 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 so if you don't mind, uh, starting off with that uh, particular encounter. Well, uh, you see, the one thing about that is when they did that show, they took a few liberties with editing with it. Yep. Uh, they actually, the timeline they had was nowhere near when it had actually happened. Uh, there was no demon in that case, to be quite honest with you. Uh. What that was, is it, it was a disgruntled uh, male spirit that was there. And we ended up calling in a psychic medium to help him cross. Oh, wow. But yeah, no, we there was no demon on that case. Okay. Yeah, I've we uh, did, heard. Uh, we, did catch a, we did catch a number of uh, like male... Uh, voices and things in the house. Mm -hmm. So that's how we knew what we were dealing with at that point. So Okay. Can you walk us through a little bit about the case? Well, uh, we were contacted by uh, a woman and uh, her daughter. And they wanted it. They, well, the daughter was experiencing things. Uh, she said she had a strange man that would touch her uh, inappropriately and things like this all the time. So we came in to check it out. While we were there, we found a number of uh, occult relics and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had my specialist, Helen uh, Arts, come in. She took a look, and she immediately took one look at the pictures and said, these are, uh, these are like Egyptian shrines and things like that that they had up. So hmm. so they, we don't know what, exactly what they were doing, but um, the mother says that that's just how they were placed, but we, we suspect that there was more going on than what they were telling us. Yeah. Do you know who placed them? Was it the mother or someone else in the family? It was the mother. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, we know that we know that it was the mother because the daughter told us that. But at the okay. same time, at the same time, as I mentioned, like, not a, a, we have no idea what exactly was going on, and they yeah. were, we always felt like they weren't telling us something. Yeah, it's sometimes it's difficult to get the the clients to actually open up. Um, I don't know if they're if they have a fear of us chastising them after you know we've we've asked a thousand questions. You know, are you sure you haven't done this? Are you sure you haven't done that? You know. And mm -hmm. a lot of times I find finally we get, well, yeah, I did. It's like, okay, well, you should have told us that in the beginning. Uh, you probably yeah, come exactly. across that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we've, we've come across that quite often. I mean, it saves so much time when they're just up front, especially when they call us in to look at something. We're trying exactly. to find answers for them. Yeah. And, and that's very difficult when people aren't being forthcoming with information for us. Exactly. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, we uh, people. If you if you're calling an investigative team, please, please, please be upfront right from the get go. Um, you know, it's it's vital to get all of the pieces of the puzzle to as possible, so we can try and help. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, absolutely. So, like, 
we can't if we don't know what we're dealing with or what's the possibility of what's brought it in then it's almost impossible for us to even do anything yeah at that exactly. point we're just sitting around in a dark room <laughs> yeah <laughs> talking to yourselves <laughs> yeah pretty well yeah exactly so i know you're from the same province as, as i am uh, new brunswick mm-hmm. you're from the northern part and um did you have experiences since you were a kid like a lot of us investigators who started this or was it a fascination that got you into it uh, I did have experiences as a child. I saw my first full-bodied apparition at the age of eight years old. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, yeah. No, it was at the, like, my family was a family of undertakers. Oh, yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, so <laughs> I lived in a funeral home. So I kind of, people say I was kind of born into the paranormal a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> but uh, the first apparition I saw, it was one night after uh, after a wake. My father was in the chapel area cleaning up, and I was just in the foyer waiting for him. And I looked to my uh, looked to my right, and down the stairs there was uh, a, an older man standing there. And downstairs, all we had down there was the uh, the showroom for caskets uh, and an area that we used for storage of bodies if we had more than one in uh, one in the funeral home at a time. Mm-hmm. So that was the only things down there. But this gentleman was standing at the bottom of the stairs, smiling and waved to me. So I waved back and said hi, and then he uh, he stepped off to the side out of sight. My dad came out of the fo- out of the chapel and asked me who I was talking to, and I said there was a man downstairs. So he went down to try and see. He thought maybe one of the one of the people from the wake got lost, uh, mm-hmm. trying to find a washroom or something. And of course, there was nobody there. Turns out, about five years later, we were looking at uh, family photo albums my grandmother had out. She was showing me the pictures of my great grandfather, uh, who died uh, three months before I was born. And lo and behold, that was the old man that I saw standing there. Oh, and wow. he was also the one who built the funeral home. So, That's fascinating. Now, mm-hmm. I think because of the being the investigator here, I find it fascinating growing up in, in that kind of uh, uh, world, for lack of a better term. Like, did, did you find it odd growing up? Or I, I, well, probably not because it's something you probably thought it was normal because, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for me it was for me it was very normal. I mean, this is yeah. just what my family did. So that for me it was no different than you know growing up with your dad who's a firefighter yeah. or a police officer. You know, others would look at that and say, "Oh, wow, that's so crazy." But at the same time, it's just another day at work. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Mm-hmm. So would you say you're sensitive too, or is it just your grandfather just happened to that was the first time you had an encounter? I don't say that I'm sensitive. Like, I don't get the, uh, like, psychic feelings. I can't converse with them and things like that. Like, some mm-hmm. people can. Uh, but if I'm, in a, if I'm in a place, you know, we all, after doing it for so long, you, you start to pick up on certain yep. feelings in your body. So I do get that from time to time when I go into a haunted location, especially when there's something uh, really negative in there. Yeah. Yeah, you, um, you handle a little bit more intense cases than I would even dare to tread on. Uh, uh, Yes, we do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I had um, Archbishop Plato Angelakis and Sister Kia on on the show before, and uh, people like them and yourself and Michelle de Roche, uh, you're all people that I would call in for uh, cases like that because I I don't even, that's above my pay grade. I don't want to touch that. Um, Yeah. And I've heard you say before that it, it's a calling. How do you, and, and some people want so badly to, to handle cases like that. So 
how did you realize that you had a calling for it? These cases just kept finding me. That's hmm. literally what it was. Like, uh, I had cases. My first case was, uh, well, when I formed OPRI, mm -hmm. the first case we dealt with turned into a, a demonic case. And since then, we've just, we've got cases all galore coming at us that turn out to be uh, demonic in nature. So hmm. it's not that I was, that I chose to do it. Yeah. It's more like, like I said, something, it was a calling and something out there, call it fate, God, whichever you want to go with, they keep pushing them towards me knowing that this is what I've been called to do. Mm -hmm. now, I know first... there's people out there that really want to do it and all, Yeah. but most of us that actually do do it, we don't want to even. Yeah. <laughs> we, you see you see some very very dangerous situations, and some of the times when you go in, you, you there's not much you can do, and you actually have to walk away and leave someone because it's actually better for them at times. Oh, wow. Have you had to do that many times? I've had to do that more times than I uh care to remember to be honest <laughs> oh yeah uh, that must be a difficult decision to make too because you want to help these people so so passionately like you you, you just want to find a resolution to everything mm -hmm. yeah it can be like the first few times it was virtually impossible to walk away from because you know you're not used to it and you don't want to you want to as an investigator doing this we want to try and help these people but mm -hmm. Some of the time, it's just some people, there's not much you can do. They're not ready. Like yeah. the, biggest, the biggest problem we have with when we have to walk away is the fact that they're not willing to change. Yeah. And, what, and something that they did has caused this, has ca caught the attention of this uh, demon. And by catching its attention, it'll latch on. And the only way we can get rid of it is we have to correct the behavior that it latched onto in the first place. But some mm -hmm. people just aren't willing to make that change to actually correct it. And at that point we have to let it go. Otherwise things are going to be a lot worse for them. Yeah, exactly. I've found that there's some people, um, deep down inside, they actually want to have this around. They say no, but you know, you can feel it. They think it's, uh, not necessarily a cool thing, but for whatever reason, they don't want to let go of what's going on. And that kind of scares me sometimes because if they only understood exactly what was going on, uh, maybe they wouldn't feel that way. Well, it's true. And it's almost like a form of Stockholm syndrome. I mean, mm -hmm. if you've been, if you've been around this for so long, it eventually you, you start to think that this is just a part of you. Yeah. And with it gone, it's like, you've lost a part of yourself. Similar to like a, a, a woman in an abusive relationship. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. similar to that where they just, they don't feel they've been run down and beat down so much. They don't feel like they can get out. So they kind of tend to not get out. It's, it's sad to say it that way, but unfortunately it's what happens uh, in some cases. Exactly. Um, like you said, it's, it's really sad, but if these people could only realize, especially if they have kids, because the kids are being terrified and a lot of times mm -hmm. I'll tell people I'll tell the clients you know you have to use your mom voice or your dad voice because your your babies are suffering here so you need to feel deep down inside that you want to get rid of this thing and it's never going to come back because this is your house um, and a lot of times that works when you when you make them realize that it's affecting their babies you know um, doesn't always work it can't no, it doesn't always I mean it does it can in some situations yeah uh, I find it does work a lot of time with like entities and spirits because they'll yeah. they'll listen a little more strongly but when you get mm -hmm. something that's uh, truly negative it sometimes takes a little more intervention than that 
Definitely. But at the same time, before we can take that step, we have to make sure that they're ready for this because it, it's not an easy step to take. Mm -hmm. uh, it is very, it can be very dangerous and it can even be very taxing on the, on the family and the people. But not only that, it's very uh, dangerous for my team and our people as well because mm -hmm. we're, we're putting ourselves in harm's way to do these things. And if somebody's going to, if it's just going to be that we're going to be back there every six months because they're not willing to make the difference, mm -hmm. then it's really not, not very good for anyone to bother wasting time with. Yep. Have you ever, you've probably had this question asked you a thousand times, but have you ever had anything follow you home? I have not, no. Oh, lucky. I take, no, I take all kinds of precautions. Uh, when we, when we do, when we do a case, we take multiple precautions, mm -hmm. uh, like the whole team will work together on this, despite whatever everybody's individual beliefs are. Mm -hmm. And as a team, we actually are are stronger. So we'll take a lot of precautions that way. And then when I get home, I actually have uh, Bishop Angelakis periodically come by for a barbecue, and we'll mm -hmm. bless the house at the same time. You know, nice. Nothing like burgers and a blessing to for a Saturday <laughs> afternoon, right? Oh, I love that burgers and blessings. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'll call this uh, this uh, episode: burgers and blessings. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that's if, awesome. If Plato and I, if Plato and I ever open up a restaurant, since Burger Priest is taken, we may go with burgers and blessings. But oh, know. I love it! You got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, what can you walk us through? What some of the precautions that you take? Generally, we'll get together as a team, and everyone will stand. Uh, we'll just be in a circle, and we'll you all say the Saint Michael prayer. Mm -hmm. At the same time, uh, my psychic mediums will be doing their uh, psychic uh, protections, you know, forming their barriers, things like that. So mm -hmm. we we all do that as a team together, and that way it it lends some power to everything because it shows that we're all solid and one mm -hmm. and working together. Yep. So and then at the end we'll do the same, but we'll do. Uh, We'll do a prayer that uh, is given to me, depending on the situation. I've got a few, but usually we'll do St. Michael. And we'll give the uh, entities an order that they are to that go where they're supposed to go, mm -hmm. things like that, that they're not allowed to follow any of us. So we just there are precautions like that we take. We also all carry like protective items with us when we go. Nice. Like I have uh, I have a couple of items that I've had Bishop Angelakis blessed for me, so I keep them on me while I'm uh, on a case, mm -hmm. just in case. Because you never know what you're walking into until till you find it. Well, until you find something, right? <laughs> exactly. I recently had a past guest. Uh, I'm not going to mention any names or what the episode was. But uh, this individual was having some issues. And um, in the beginning, I thought it was just a regular regular uh, spirit or, or something. Um, mm -hmm. So I told this individual, you know, Sage, tell it to leave. It's your house, et cetera, et cetera. Things started escalating, and I had to actually call uh, Archbishop Plato um, and a few mm -hmm. other people to uh, to help with this, um, you know, remotely, of course. Um, mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, in the beginning, you don't really know what you're going into because it could be just a regular uh, person who passed or, you know, and then you start digging a little deeper, then it's like, oh, crap, <laughs> I need to call in the yep. cavalry. <laughs> Yeah, no, we, we see that a lot. Like, a lot of cases that come to me are actually sent by other uh, investigation teams. Yep. Just because they've run into the similar situation you just explained. They, mm -hmm. they were investigated thinking, you know, we're looking for natural causes. We're looking for somebody's, uh, somebody's family member or relative yep. that's hanging around. Maybe somebody who's attached to the property. 
and then lo and behold the things get out of hand and at that point usually that's when i get a call yeah yeah because the uh, the more negative entities um i'm gonna i'm gonna use the word entities for lack of a better term just because it could be so it could be demons it could be anything that's extremely negative but um yeah. you they're very good at hiding so in the beginning you like you said you don't know what you're walking into and then all of a sudden yeah it's yeah. Some nasties. All of a sudden, everything goes crazy, right? Yeah. Goes to hell yeah, in a no, handbasket. Yeah. <laughs> no, we've run into that a few times. Especially, as you said, they like to hide. Like, they don't like they don't like us coming in. Because uh, they have knowledge of the unknown. And when I show yep. up, they know they know what I'm there for. They mm -hmm. know who I am. Yep. And they know, like, who's coming behind me with, with regards to Bishop Plato or, yep. or uh, my shamanic friend, Leslie or uh, any of the number of energy workers like Brett that I work with. Mm -hmm. But uh, any of these entities know would know that, and they would try to hide. That way it's like, you know, we don't want, like, you know, they've got their victim, they want to keep them, so they'd yeah. rather just stay out of sight. That way I'm going to leave and leave them alone. What would you say to an individual or a family or, or whatever uh, if they suspect that they're having... Um, demonic or negative entities in their house what what suggestion would you give them honestly the best thing to do in that situation is actually to call in an investigation team and get some confirmation of what's happening like i always tell like i have te when the teams call me the first thing i say is was there any activity there because mm -hmm. without actual activity there's a good chance that there's just something natural and there's no sense in like you know sending in a dozen priests when you need yeah. an electrician to fix a ground wire, right? Exactly. Or the I mean, circuit breaker's bad. Yeah, they can pray, they can do exorcisms, they can do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. But if it turns out that it's a broken ground wire, yeah. that's not going to do any good, right? Exactly, yeah. And that's why we do base, base readings before we start the investigation, um, you know, just to see what mm -hmm. wires are um, going to be affecting our equipment and uh, it gives us a good idea. Yep, that's one of the best ways to do it. Go in, see if you can find any natural causes before you even think of anything supernatural. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, because I, I have come across people, and you probably have too, that everything that goes bump in the night is, is paranormal, but it's not necessarily. It's just, um, you know, um, you have a bad I don't know, circuit breaker, like I said earlier, that's just bleeding a lot of EMF. Um, yep. Even um, your, um, oh, what's that called? The, your um, oh, your modem for your computer. Uh, that ha gives out mm -hmm. a lot of EMF. A lot of people don't realize that. And we've we found that on a few investigations as well, where they say this is the area that we have the most activity and come to find out that's where the box is. So. Yeah. We see that a lot. Like we had one individual, he kept having uh, episodes in the kitchen. Mm. Turns out the wiring, just the, the hot water heater just behind him was uh, poorly wired. And ah. the pipes that run underneath the floor were just, they were giving off like 40 uh, readings of 40, 50 on the, millimeter, on the uh, EMF meter. So Jay. that's all it was. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And, and not to tell people that, you know, yeah, it, it's all natural causes. There is an explanation. A lot of times it is paranormal, but you have to kind of do trial and error and see exactly what's going on before you go in until you can actually figure out what's going on. 
Exactly. Like, you have to look for the natural first. Otherwise, like I said, we'd just be running around like we did in the 1800s where people were getting <laughs> burned at the stake for being witches. Yeah, exactly. You know, thinking that, take your picture with a camera, you stole my soul. Like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. So we, we have to look for those, like, the best paranormal investigators are the ones that just will do their best to disprove even their own evidence. Mm -hmm. Because that way, you know, you're actually getting people that care about what they're doing and they're going to try and find reasonable explanations for everything. Yep, exactly. Um, mm -hmm. I've said countless times that I'm a huge believer, but I'm also a huge skeptic too, uh, just because I, I'm getting... Uh, activity on various devices doesn't mean that, you know, uh, it, it's, it's a spirit. I want to know why am I getting this activity? Yeah. And the other thing to remember too, is a lot of the equipment we have is it's designed for other uses and we've yep. modified or some of these for paranormal research, yeah. but at the same time, we're not, none of them are proven to detect a ghost. We still can't prove that ghosts scientifically exist. Mm-hmm. So all these little gadgets, light up things you see, they're, yeah, they look good on TV and they look cool. But at the same time, some of them, some of the time, they're known to give false positives. They're known to be interfered with by environmental factors. So these are all things we have to keep in mind when we're, when we're doing an investigation to not let our own feelings influence what we're seeing. Yep. Because I find that's one of the biggest things with new investigators. When I bring them on a case, they'll they'll see the EMF meter go off, and immediately they're like, "Oh my gosh, there's got to be a ghost here." It's like, no, there's EMF here, but why <laughs> is there EMF here? Exactly. Yeah. Is it because there's a ghost, or is it because of something else? You know, in the house wiring, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. And and I did that my first my first uh, time out. You know, the EMF detector went off, and I was like, "Oh wow!" But then I started thinking, "Okay, why is it going off?" Um, Oh, we've but... all we've all had those moments. I, oh, yes. Even me, when I'm on a case today, I still something goes off. I'll still get excited really quick, and then the logical part of my brain kicks in, and it's yeah. like, okay, why did that happen? Yeah, you kind of get giddy at first. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, here we go, boys. We got yeah. something, and then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, no, wait a minute, what was that? Yeah. Like what I remember when we were doing Morehouse, we had that uh, we had that happen with our thermal imager. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. We were upstairs trying to figure out what was going on. Turned out that uh, it was a reflection of the coffee maker on the wall. Oh, wow. But it took a while for us to figure out that <laughs> that was coming from the coffee maker because the coffee maker wasn't even on. I guess the uh, insides of it were still warm. Uh -huh. so, the heat, so the heat was reflecting off of, uh, <laughs> believe it or not, it reflected off a window onto a wall. Wow, that's amazing. So for us, yeah. So for us, we're looking at it like, what is going on here? Like, how is this happening? Yeah. <laughs> the first time I got my thermal imager, um, I went around trying to see the capabilities of the device. So I would mm -hmm. put my hand on the wall and, you know, see how long my handprint would stay on the wall. And it would be a good five minutes until it started dissipating. I would touch the dog. I'd get somebody sitting on the couch, you know, and I even got my son to go outside. Uh, it was nighttime. I said, hey, go outside. Go in front of one of the basement windows. I want to see if I can get anything uh, through the glass. So I scared the crap out of myself at first because I'm like, oh, my God, there's a woman. What the heck? And then I realized, oh, I was actually picking up my reflection in the window. 
And yeah. it, it, but it showed, it showed the heat signatures and I'm like, oh, okay. Cause at first I thought, okay, that's not my son. And then I realized it was a woman. Then it, it took me a minute to realize that, oh no, it's me. But I had no idea yeah. that just standing in front of a window, you're going to have a heat signature on the window. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's why you should practice and experiment with your equipment before you, uh, before you actually go out on an investigation. At least I, I think so. Oh, I agree completely. You should also, any piece of new equipment you're looking into, you should be looking up specs, how yeah. it works, and how the it's originally intended. Uh, one of the best ones that, now yeah. is the SLS camera. Mm-hmm. Like, my, my team and I, we've been using it for about about seven years now. Uh, I have a friend in England, when they when they first appeared on the uh, television show, we won't mm-hmm. go there, but uh, <laughs> when, when they first appeared, he actually found the hardware and set, or sorry, not the hardware, but the, the software that was needed, sent it to me, and I had an old Xbox 360 camera, so I just, away I went with it on my laptop. Yeah. But one, one of the things we found is that uh, if you know how the Xbox Connect works, it works at its best range between 6 to 10 feet, and what it's going to do is it's going to try and map a figure. So if you have it, uh, I find it works. The only places I've seen where it actually does really well for us is hallways where there's no clutter. Because if you have like a, a box or a pole, things like that, mm-hmm. it will it will literally look like there's a figure dancing there and it'll come and go because it's the software in the Kinect camera trying to form the pick the uh, the exoskeleton because that's what it's programmed oh. to do. It's programmed to find the body and show it. Mm-hmm. So it's going to look for anything that will resemble a body and try to show it. That's fascinating. Um, we we do use it, but not very often, and I don't really know a whole lot about it. So uh, that's really good yeah, to know. Okay. Yeah, no, they are prone to false positives. Like I oh, said, yeah. we've had quite a few. We've had a couple of hits with it that were a little more interesting. But for the most part, a lot of the time you get false positives unless you have a, a nice open area and you you can control the environment by like removing anything that would be basically anything that it would lead to it trying to pick up as a body right hmm what's your favorite piece of equipment for me i just like the old school audio recorder yeah yeah i've always i always like the classics i stick with my audio recorder and i'm happy (laughs) (laughs) is there a piece of equipment that you think is just utter useless the K2. <laughs> Why is that? Those, those are so sensitive. They're actually two. I've actually spoken with uh, parapsychologists. Uh, Lloyd Orbach is one that I've spoken to about it. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, most of them will say the same. It's like it does not give an accurate reading, so you have no idea what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And two, it's so sensitive that it will go off literally for a static charge on your pants. That I did not know. Yeah, we tested it. Nice. We, we tested that actually one time where I can't remember who it was. One of our investigators was downstairs. We had him with a shag carpet just rubbing his feet. And sure <laughs> enough, the K2 is going off as he rubs his feet. It's like. Makes it, sense. It's so, yeah, but it's so sensitive that it's just not really worth using, to be honest. Hmm. Do you use uh, apps, uh, cell apps? Uh, not for investigating. I use them to attract things but that's about it I mean, okay those cell apps those cell phone apps most of them are actually designed to give false positive 
my individual in England actually backwards uh, engineered one <laughs> and oh, really? found that there was a problem in the algorithm where it would give a false positive. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't like them either. They're, they're entertainment for me. Like, I wouldn't yeah. use them in, a, in an investigation, but I don't like using cell phones in, during an investigation. Remember we had one investigator once. He was a newer investigator. He downloaded a thermal imaging app and was using that on his phone. <laughs> and he kept saying every fridge was haunted and stuff. It was great. And then we finally looked at him. I was like, that's not a true thermal imager. You know that, right? And he goes, yeah, it is. I'm like, okay. Turned the lights out. The screen went dark. And he's like, oh. <laughs> oh, I like that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was a funny. It was funny. But at the same time, he's just like, oh, man. <laughs> so those, those apps are designed purely for entertainment and all. So I, I usually don't put any credence in them really at all. Yeah. The only yes. thing I might use a, a cell phone app for, well, the FLIR, that's not true. I do use the FLIR uh, 1, which is an attachment for a cell phone, but it is an actual thermal imaging attachment. Okay, yeah. So that's a little bit different uh, than, you know, like, say, uh, I'm not even sure what they have out there nowadays. <laughs> One of those, <laughs> like, ovulus similar things yeah. or the ghost radars or whatever they have. Yeah, exactly. If mm -hmm. you, if someone could, would approach you and say, okay, I can build any kind of equipment that hasn't even been invented yet, what do you think an, a, a piece of equipment would actually, I'm, I'm trying to think of the words of, of how to explain this, what piece of equipment do you think we could use that would actually be proof that, yes, there are ghosts that hasn't been uh, invented yet. Do you have any ideas on that? To be honest, until we can figure out exactly how to detect them, mm -hmm. I, that's one that's almost impossible to act, answer. Yeah. We, we still don't know exactly what they're made of, how, how they're made up, or anything like that. So until we get that type of information, it's, it's very difficult to say, like, I'd love to see an app like this, or a, a device like this, <laughs> when we're, we're not even sure what that device is going to do. I mean, I just... Uh, there is a gentleman in Florida that I was work I was talking to before. Uh, my good friend Pete Wren from Vancouver, uh, and we want to believe, put me onto this this gentleman, <clears throat> and he built uh, one tool that I've been after for years, which is uh, laser audio. So, well, and then of course audio. COVID hit, so I haven't had a chance to try oh, it yet. Of course, what's I, I'm not familiar with that. What is it? Uh, laser audio, it actually works on the premise, uh, this is actually technology from the 1950s that the KGB used to spy on the Americans. Mm. Uh, you know, you know the uh, every embassy around the world has a soundproof room, mm -hmm. and they're, sw they're swept for bugs like two, three times a day just so that they, they know that, you know, when they're in there, they're not being spied on. Mm -hmm. So what... Uh, what the KGB did, I forget, I forget the name of the individual, it's been a while, but uh, he actually developed this laser audio system where he would fire the laser at the, uh, at the window of the room that they were trying to listen to. Mm -hmm. There would be a receiver that that laser would bounce back to, and the receiver would actually translate the vibration from the window into the sound that's oh, coming. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so fascinating. That's yeah, that's one tool we've finally got hold of now, so I'm looking to put that in a haunted location. Mm -hmm. Everyone talks about uh, the, the vibrational, like, vibrations and spirits vibrate higher than yeah. we do. EVPs, when we catch them, we can see the wavelength, so we know there's yep. vibration there. Mm -hmm. So this tool, I'm hoping, is going to be something that would actually 
be really good to, to capture that stuff a little easier. When you use it, please keep me updated. I'm interested <coughs> in finding out if it works or, or what it does. I like, I, that's amazing. I definitely will if uh, next time we actually can get out. As I said, I got <laughs> it came in. I was starting to figure out how to work with it and all. That's when COVID hit. So it's like, yeah. Ah. COVID kind of put <laughs> kind a kibosh on, on everything. For a little while. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, where do you stand on infrasound and uh, investigating? Infrasound is something we always have to watch for. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a proven it's a proven fact that that causes uh, the vibration in your eye that can cause you to see things and all yep. that. So yeah, it's definitely uh, a factor you got to watch for, and it is really hard sometimes to pick up. Like usually, if we're looking for infrasound when we go to our EVPs, I'll actually use what's known as spectral analysis, mm-hmm. and it'll show me the uh, the Hertz level of all the all the signals and sounds in there. So if there is infra- infrasound, mm-hmm. I'll actually see it on the uh, the spectral analysis. Nice. So it'll be 20 hertz or lower, and I believe the safe point for humans is 16 to 20 hertz. Other than that, it can yeah. be used as a weapon, which has been used in various yep. governments it in the past. Be. Yep. And it has nasty effects on the body, like you said. Um, I'll, I'll, I don't know if I sent you this paper or not. It's called uh, Ghosts in the Machine. Um, I, oh, when was it written? Was it in the 70s? I can't even remember when it was written. Uh, but this uh, gentleman wrote a paper on infrasound, and um, uh, people kept telling him that the lab he was working in, you know, uh, cleaning people and everything, uh, oh, yeah, we see blobs from the corner of our eyes, you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you have this the, the feelings of anxiety and, you know, uh, come to find out, it was uh, there was this huge fan at the other end of the lab, and it was off kilter a little bit, giving off infrasound. Uh, once that was yep. fixed, they didn't have any more hauntings in in the lab. So um, I thought that was pretty fascinating. I do remember seeing. I remember seeing that one. I remember seeing and hearing about that before. Yeah, that was yeah. Like, ah, that was one of the first uh, recorded documented cases of infrasound. And yeah. Since then, there's been studies done into it by all kinds of people, like WHO and all them, trying to figure out what the what the consequences could be for being exposed to this long term. Yeah, exactly. And I've mm-hmm. had some people, well, when storms are approaching, uh, the wind is actually, uh, there's, there is infrasound before ahead of the storm. And a lot of times when your animals are reacting uh, to earthquakes or storms that are coming, even before we know something's coming, that's pretty much what they're picking up on is the infrasound. Um, yep. But yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting stuff but I've had some people Mm -hmm. say that um, uh, they've had handheld infrasound detectors that they use during investigations and I would like to get my hands on one Um, I from what I've researched they're pretty large and pricey uh, but there's a select Mm -hmm. few apparently they have handheld devices I I don't know where they're getting those I you may have to look into like some sort of uh, special audio place like you know what I, you know what i mean yeah I never like thought almost, of that. almost like uh uh like high-end music stores and things like that mm-hmm. they they may have something along that line or that, at least something that would be capable of picking that up yeah exactly it would be mm-hmm. a, a neat tool to have in our toolbox i think it would be to be able to see it in real time. Like I said, the spectral yeah. analysis part, I have to go back and look for at a later point. Mm-hmm. To be able to detect it right then and there would be would be a, a be, definitely a benefit. I think I'd be giddy. <laughs> 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 what are some of the 
really fascinating places you've investigated. Oh, some of the fun ones. Uh, McDonald Williamson House has always been fun. Uh, we did the Higginson Tower last year. Uh, we did the Ren. We did a library in Renfrew. That was a fun mm -hmm. one. I was hoping to go uh, to that one, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a that was a good night. Uh, the Courtyard Restaurant here in Ottawa actually was a really really crazy night. Hmm. We had all kinds of things going on that night. It was just absolute absolute insanity. Can you tell us some of no, the things have... that were happening? Uh, I can't say too much because that's okay. actually been filmed for the show, so I okay, can't really gotcha. say that one. <laughs> that's why I asked, can you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally get it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, tell us about the show. Well, the show is called Into the Haunting. Uh, right now, we're, we're still in pre-production. The guys have uh, the three episodes that we're putting together. We're, we're kind of breaking for the holidays, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the guys have uh, three episodes they're putting together, and they're going to send it out to the networks and see uh, see where it's going to be picked up. Nice. We are we are building it based for a streaming platform, so mm -hmm. we'll see we'll see what happens. Good luck. Yeah, I hope Thank that uh, hope it becomes successful. Well, so do we. And one of the things we want to do with this, we want to dispel some of the myths that uh, people see in the paranormal world. You know, like where everyone's like, "Oh, what was that?" Yeah. You know. Everybody walks around in black tight t-shirts. <laughs> Everything, everything's a demon. People get possessed all the time. We, we want to try to dispel some of those. Yeah. One of the things I'm told the most when I go on a case is like, this is nothing like what I've seen on TV. So we wanted to show people that side of it so that they mm -hmm. see like, yeah, what you're seeing on television, it's not how we actually operate. This is how we operate. Mm -hmm. I'm glad these TV shows, um, where it first started because it's given people like us uh it's it's not so much of a big taboo scary topic anymore um you're not looked at with like you have three heads when you say yeah i'm into ghosts um but mm. with that being said i find it's really refreshing to know that there's so many more people out there that are wanting to have shows like this to show what it, exactly it's like because there's nothing more frustrating for me than when I'm watching a show like that and they say, did you see that? No, the camera was on your face. I saw nothing. Uh, you know, it just, it's, it is entertainment. You know, they do have a business and I totally understand it. And I do enjoy watching those shows. But like I said, it's refreshing to know more and more people are wanting to show um, uh, viewers exactly what goes on behind an, a, a real investigation and more people are embracing it too i find this is true but it's also a double-edged sword because we're finding a lot of other people that want to get involved mm -hmm. and then we're, we're seeing evidence that it's like they'll you know monkey see monkey do you see it mm. on tv they want to do it like yeah. our parents told us not to do as a kid right <laughs> yeah but you see a lot of a lot of investigators coming out and they just all they know is what they've seen on tv Mm -hmm. and they don't bother to do the research to look into why people do these things. They don't look into why we take EMF readings. Mm -hmm. Why are we looking for these noises? Like, they don't bother to look into that. And at that point, it's just everything's a ghost, and you start seeing, yeah. and it starts watering down some of the evidence that's coming out. Mm -hmm. And it's also gotten a lot of fraudsters, you know? Like, we've got all oh, these people sure. that are just, hey, look, I've got this uh, video, and it's, it's obviously been faked. Mm -hmm. But they're doing it just for either notoriety or fame. So we're seeing that. So it it was good to see, as you said, you know, it brought it out into the light. 
people are more open to it now. They don't. We don't have to hide in the shadows doing what we yeah. do. But at the same time, it also made a lot of these frauds and hoaxers a little more bold as well. And people are giving them a little more credit because, oh, like, oh, you're a goat, you're a ghost hunter. So now it's acceptable. So they're they're using that to try and capitalize. And it's kind of kind of making the pulling the rest of us down with it. Very true. Um, I totally believe in karma. So they'll get theirs eventually. <laughs> uh, this is true. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it is uh, most, I, I don't even, when people send me videos and photos and ask me what I think, I don't even reply anymore because I remember I had sent you a photo a few years ago. Uh, I already knew what it was, but I wanted to get your input because this friend of mine was convinced she got orbs and um, no, hmm. it wasn't. They're all sitting outside. It was summertime and it was just a flash of light that came from something. Um, but, and you confirmed the exact same thing that I thought it was. And, um, I remember that, I remember that yep. one. It was actually a lens flare. Yeah. Yeah. And when I told my yeah. friend what I, what I, you know, I said, I consulted, um, a friend who, you know, I wanted to see what they were going to say as well. Um, my friend didn't want to take that for an answer. She, she said, Nope, I got something. I'm like, well, okay, well, why'd you ask my opinion if you're not going to like, if you think you got a ghost, whatever. <laughs> so I, I don't even yeah. reply to those anymore. See, I still do. I, if somebody sends me something, I will take a look. Uh, sometimes I may, so I get so many, sometimes I may not reply to all of them. Yeah. But there are a lot, I try to get back to as many as I can. But, and most of the time, yeah, it's, it's lens flare, dust, something along those lines. Could even be a speck of hair, you know, <laughs> hanging off your camera yeah. lens or something. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if I get an if I get an email and there's like about a hundred things in the picture circled, I don't respond to those. It's like I'm not wasting my time here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> look at all the orbs. There's like a hundred of them. <laughs> yep. I have gotten those before where they sent me this. Look at all the orbs, and it's like I just looked this out in my backyard five minutes ago, and I look out it's a snowstorm. It's like, <laughs> oh my! You've actually had that? I've had that, and I told them that's <laughs> the light reflecting off snow. Yeah, like, no, it's a whole bunch of ghosts in my backyard. I'm like, it's friggin' snowing right now. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but that's Maybe. why, yeah, if I get something like that, I just, I won't reply to them because there are, like, just as there are skeptics that you can't change their mind about their yeah. pictures. Like, you'll never convince them. You could, they could be standing there and slime or could come right through the wall and slime <laughs> them and they'd still be saying, no, it wasn't real. Yeah, exactly. You, then you got on the other side where no matter how many times and how much you prove to these people that this is a natural phenomenon, this is not a spirit, they'll just refuse to listen and they will just keep saying, no, I caught a ghost. Yeah. Actually, no, you haven't, but whatever. <laughs> Good yeah. luck with that. Yeah. Oh, hey, maybe snow is yeah. ghost. Maybe there's just a whole bunch of ghosts. <laughs> it's ghost dandruff. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. So, if somebody needs some head and shoulders, that's all that is. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> oh, I like that. Uh, what? Burgers and blessings. Uh, <laughs> special shit. Blessings to head and shoulders. Ghost, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ghosts get dandruff too. <laughs> oh. Oh, Lord. <laughs> if you're able to go anywhere in the world, you know, money's not an issue. Where would you love to go investigate? Believe it or not, I would love to go back to my family funeral home and investigate that. Nice. That has been one of my all-time dreams, and we're hoping we might be able to do it next summer. So I'm keeping oh, my wow. fingers crossed that that works. Yeah. 
Oh, I really hope it happens. Oh, so do I, because uh, that's one that I've always wanted to go back and see. Now that I'm now that I'm a, a lot more seasoned than I was when yeah. I was eight years old, uh, and with all the equipment, <laughs> just with little. all the equipment, I want to go back and see like if I can get my grandfather, my great grandfather, to actually communicate with us, because I don't think anyone's actually ever done it, where it's an investigator going in, but it's their family that is known to haunt. Yeah. That is fascinating. I take it your family has no qualms with you going and investigate. Oh, no. My family, uh, as I mentioned, my great-grandfather was into the paranormal big time. Like, he used to say, like, the, the spirits will never bother our family mm -hmm. because we give, the, we give the dead their final respect. Oh, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Nice. So he, so he was always into the paranormal, and so most of my family has always been into the paranormal. So for us, it's just another day. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting yeah. to find out. They don't own the funeral home anymore. That's the problem. It's now owned ah. by, uh, it's now owned by the, I, can't, I don't know if it's a town or the province that owns it, okay. but uh, yeah, it's owned by a different company. So we're, we're just trying to gain access. Yeah. Oh, good luck. I really hope you get to go. So do we. <laughs> I love finding out backgrounds like that. Like your, your family has always been involved in stuff like that. And, um, oh my, I can't, I can picture him in my, he's Canadian. Ghostbusters. Oh my God, I can't remember his name. Dan <laughs> you know? Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Aykroyd, if you ever listen to this, but uh, it's really neat to find out about his family as well when he was growing mm -hmm. up. That that was pretty fascinating. I just I love that. Yeah, I know. And uh, the story with him, I remember that. He actually had parapsychologists that he would talk to and such. Like that yeah. was a that's something that I find just amazing to be able to do. Yeah, and apparently his grandfather used to have something that resembled a proton pack. <laughs> so just like, really? That that's pretty cool too. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember what the purpose of that uh, pack was. I, I don't remember. I just remember him saying that he he had something that re that kind of inspired him to put that in the uh, in the movie. So that I thought that was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. So, have you ever been scared senseless during an investigation? Not by anything paranormal. Ah, great <laughs> answer. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, not by anything paranormal. I mean, the, the most frightened I got, they got it on camera too. And it became one of the big <laughs> laughing points for the team. <laughs> uh, we we're investigating at a, a house out, uh, oh, out Lanark Way, past Perth and Alt, and. I was, we had this uh, watch and the, it was a busted watch and the alarm kept going off. So every five minutes, but somebody would have to go over and turn it off. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to figure out how to turn this thing off permanently. And I turn around and there's a, there was a picture window right there. So I turned around and all I see is like at eye level, two glowing eyes. <laughs> so I, I let it one heck of a screw, like a, just, it, it startled me. I didn't expect it. So I, you hear me scream. They have a, <laughs> the guys upstairs caught me screaming. <laughs> And they're like, what was that? And then you hear me going, stupid cat. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. Yeah, the, cat, the cat had climbed up the outside of the screen window and was like above my head. And just staring <laughs> at me when I turned around. It just freaked me right out for a second until I realized it's a cat. And I'm like, you little bastard. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> and you actually hear me on camera saying that. And all the guys are just upstairs laughing their heads off on camera. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It, um, 
teams should probably put bloopers together and uh, uh, release that to the public sometimes. Uh, some of the things are just so oh, funny. We've left some of them, oh, we've left some of them right in the show. Nice. Yeah, we left some of them right in the show just to show the lighter side. Like, Yeah. One thing I can tell you, we've done this a few times because everyone's heard me say that I would do this if I ever did a show. <laughs> We're standing, we'd be standing in the middle of a room. All of a sudden it's like, shh, did you hear that? No, I didn't hear anything either. <laughs> so we, we we do we did that a few times just for fun just to just to play with it you know just yeah to, if you're not having fun it's why are we doing it right yeah and like i said we want to show people what it's really like and what it's really like is yeah some people when we're out there we're, we're having some fun with it yeah well, crack jokes you know i've, I've had uh, mm -hmm. uh listeners send me messages saying um uh, you're laughing too much on the, you know, when you're talking about paranormal because it's serious. Well, yeah, but we can also have some fun. Um, we do have serious, extremely serious times during investigations, but we also have a lot of fun. We break into songs sometimes, you know. Um, yeah. Someone well, will mention part of it. Go ahead. Part of it, too, is, you know, when we're trying to interact with these things, uh, a lot of the time you want to interact with them like you would just anyone else naturally. Like, they're people, too. Yeah, so exactly, if, yeah. Why would somebody want to sit there and interact with a bunch of people that are just being so serious? It's like, I'm not going near them. Yeah. Or are you going to want to go interact with the, the happy-go-lucky crowd that's having a great time laughing around? We have to have t-shirts that say ghosts are people, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, put those, I'll, put, I'll put an Into the Haunting logo on them. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably been used already, but I don't know. It, it's just funny. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me to be honest <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of funny people out there uh, I haven't really come across too many paranormal investigators who weren't uh, or who were extremely serious people you know uh, we're all kind of quirky and uh, crazy mm. and like to laugh make jokes and, and play practical jokes on each other sometimes during <laughs> investigations you know just to see the reaction oh, yeah. but well, especially when you got a really quiet night, you want to do something to liven it up, keep yourself yeah. awake, right? Yeah. We, like, uh... I remember we did one. We had a we had a podcast crew with us. We were at uh, the McDonald Williamson house. Uh, it was a really quiet night that night. Activity wasn't really happening, and the the podcast crew was really freaking out. Like they were a bunch of twenty year olds. They were all <laughs> really nervous and scared. Yeah. So. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. So they went downstairs with two of my <coughs> two of my investigators. I think it was uh, Julie and Shelby. So they're downstairs with them, and and uh, I remember sitting at the counter with or at the base camp with Daryl, staring at the DVR, and Daryl saying, "Those guys look like if you just made one little sound, they would freaking <laughs> lose it." So he's like, "I wish I had a marble or something to throw down the stairs." This is an old building <laughs> house. They're in the basement, so. The people that own the place, or the, the people that run the place were actually like, we got some rubber balls over there on the counter. It's like, oh, no way. <laughs> Daryl and I just looked at each other with like this, this look to like Dennis the Menace look at each other like, oh. It's on. Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up rolling one down. And all I hear on the radio is, John, this is Julie. Did you guys just roll something down the stairs? I'm like, uh, no, negative, Julie. We didn't hear anything up here. She's like, all right, we're going to go check it out. And she gets over there, and on the DVR, we could see them jump, and Daryl's trying not to laugh <laughs> as I'm talking to them. And she gets over to the bottom of the stairs. She's like, legitimately, there's a ball down here. You guys didn't throw this down. I'm like, where do we get a rubber ball from? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you talking about? So she's like, you better come take a look. 
So I start down the stairs. I make it about three quarters of the way down. I come down, and there's Shelby, who's a, a smaller girl. Julie, who's rather short. And then there's these three podcast guys that are, like, <laughs> losing their crap. One of these guys looks like a bodybuilder. And they're all <laughs> trying to hold their iPods and things to see, but at the same time trying to hide. And I just lost it on the stairs. And Julie's like, yeah, you did that, didn't you? <laughs> As soon as, she, as soon as I lost it, Daryl from upstairs just went off, and they're like, oh, you guys are jerks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, playing with normals. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But it was just so funny to come down and see these uh, these these podcast guys trying to hide, but they wanted to get the shot. At the same time, these two these two smaller girls are standing there looking at them like, what the heck are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, oh yeah. So, folks, this is just, um, I, I love this because it, th this shows the lighter side of paranormal investigating. It's not always serious. It's not always demons. You know, uh, we do have fun. And I find when the team is in good spirits, oh, yeah, good spirits, yeah, <laughs> when we're in, uh, in a... <laughs> Uh, that no, wasn't that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when when we're happy and cracking jokes, I find a lot of times we get, or most of the time, we get better hits um, investigating. And um, we've been fortunate enough that I've never encountered anything negative. And I think it's because the the uh, the laughing and you know the vibrations and and you know what it's you know it's just if you if you're not in the right mental state. Do not investigate. I, I, I firmly believe in that uh, because you are going to attract a lot of negative things or you could potentially. But um, no, I find when we're cracking jokes and, and stuff like that, we get easier hits, more hits. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that as well. But it's like I, it's like I said before, would you if you're uh, if you're somewhere, would you rather interact with the happy crowd that's having yep. fun mm -hmm. or the serious crowd that just looks like they don't want to be there? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's one, that's a good way to put it. I mean, most people that are, I, I have seen some investigators that take it incredibly, incredibly seriously, mm -hmm. but the problem is they usually end up either burning themselves out or just alienating themselves to the point where nobody wants to work with them. Yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. Now that you say that, I have noticed that too. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, although, I mean, most teams, like I said, like you've seen, most teams, they're out there, they're having fun, they're just laughing around. You get yeah. that one guy who's going to bring all that down, then, yeah, nobody's going to want them around. <laughs> yeah. It's like, thanks, wet blanket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Being from New Brunswick, where are some of the cool, because I can relate to New Brunswick, obviously, where are some of the places that you've been that you've always wanted to go and you're like, yes, I finally investigated? Uh, the St. Andrew's Jail was a good one. Oh, I'd love to go there. That one was really good. It was a lot of activity in that place that night we were there. Yeah. Uh, we do have plans to go to Hospital Island out there, although oh, really? a lot of people... Well, part of my team is actually afraid of this place. <laughs> Why? I don't know, I, 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 I don't uh, know too much about it. Uh, well, Hospital Island, if you remember uh, the potato famine when the... the Irish immigrants were coming across mm -hmm. if they they checked them at the before they came on land to see if they had scurvy mm -hmm. and if they had scurvy they were sent to one island where if they didn't they were allowed to come ashore hmm. that island was hospital island okay there 
there are, I believe it was like almost 3,000 bodies that have been found there so far. Holy cow. The island itself is only like one acre. Like you can see it from land when you're there and nothing grows on it. It's completely barren. Uh, anyone who steps foot on it has either lost their mind or died tragically. Oh. Uh, that's, that's why the house is half built. The last people that bought it started building their house on the island because they said they didn't believe in superstition and all that local mm -hmm. farmers and fishermen won't even, or sorry, local fishermen and boaters won't even go near it. But, wow. uh, they, they started building their, their house. The gentleman in his early forties picture of perfect health just dropped dead. Wow. Right out of nowhere. Just dropped completely dead. No idea why they, they couldn't really figure out what happened. Do you know just the year know this happened? Was, just, I don't know where he was gone. And his wife, a few weeks later, she's a like a double diamond professional skier type thing. Mm -hmm. Ended up hitting a tree on a oh, family hill. No. Died instantly. Jeez. Do, do you so, know when yeah, this that, happened? Like around what year? Uh, well, their daughter is still alive. She owns the building now. I believe okay. this would have been uh, the 60s or 70s possibly. Wow. I'm not sure the exact date though, but <laughs> that one I don't know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was fairly recent. Okay. Uh, my contact down there, believe it or not, she actually has a friend who went over to the island with his two dogs mm -hmm. and he was just playing. I mean, like I said, you can see one end of the island to the other. I can see the entire island from shore from the uh, Irish from Irish uh, immigrant memorial that's on the, on the shore. You can see the whole island. You can see one side or the other. It's so small, hmm. but his two dogs went out there with him. And one of his dogs just vanished into thin air. Whoa. No idea where it went. Huh. Didn't find a body, didn't find anything. Just the dog was gone. They never did find it. So, and then about six months later, he ended up uh, committing suicide. Jeez. I don't blame mm -hmm. your team not wanting to go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, hmm, no, the team is I quite scared. The team is quite scared. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, some of my, uh, some of my loved ones even have looked at me and they're like, yeah, no, you're not going. We don't want you to go. We don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no kidding. No. Yeah. Part, so, part so of me I, wants... I, do, I do intend to go, but when I do, I've already made sure that uh, I'm going to have Plato with me. Mm -hmm. Leslie's going to be with me. Yeah. We're going to, that was part of the condition for going is we have to make sure we have uh, all of our heavy hitters with us when we yeah. go, just in case. Is that Leslie Hart? Yep. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I was going to say, part of me hopes that you go just so we can find out, but part of me is like, please don't go, John. <laughs> <laughs> I get that from everyone. It's like, yeah. don't, maybe you should let this one go. It's like, yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, this, this um, the hospital island, because it's something that I've never really, I didn't know the whole story. I've heard of it, but I didn't know what made it so uh, well-known and everything and, and what the... Um, mm -hmm. The, the lore is so I'm, I'm really happy that you brought it up so I'll be able to do a little bit more digging and uh, find out a little bit more yeah absolutely like yeah. it's it's very interesting history of the building and all or the building the uh, the island but at the same time it's just so free so frightening to think about yeah like I was even told after uh, like when hurricanes big storms come through mm -hmm. they'll they still find skulls and things washing up on the on the mainland man that's amazing. Creepy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, definitely creepy. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs>
but but uh, I hate to say it, creepy cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in in a morbid uh, sense. Yeah. Sure. Wow. I I feel I feel sorry for the uh, there's an RV park right there, as well on the uh, on the on edge the shore? of the, the water. Oh, yeah, on the shore. No. Yeah, Wonder and they're many... elevated, so they can probably see it. And I've heard rumors uh, from people. Nobody would come right out and say it, but uh, it, when they're there at the RVs, they can actually hear the cries of anguish and all that coming from the island. Wow. Mm -hmm. That I didn't know. I have a family member and uh, her then boyfriend were living in St. Andrews quite a few years ago. Um, one of them was going to school there. I can't remember who or for what. But anyways, uh, the boyfriend was so like paranormal. Nope, doesn't exist. It's it's rubbish, you know. But he was walking yeah. through the, um, the, the jail courtyard. Mm -hmm. And he says, I'll never do that again. Still didn't, still never said what exactly happened. All we could get out was, I'm never walking through there again. It was nighttime. Um, yeah, yeah. won't do it again. Oh, there's so many stories around that jail. It could have been anything. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because I think that jail was the last hanging in New Brunswick? Yes. Yes, okay. Yeah, it was the last hanging in New Brunswick, and that jail was in operation right up until the 1980s. Yeah, so that's pretty, uh, pretty recent, really. Yeah. And that jail is not one where you were sent for rehab. You were sent there to do. When you're sent there, you're sent there to be punished. Yeah. Like to to walk into one of those cells, I have to turn sideways. The doors are so small. Oh wow. Yeah, huh. like the doors are maybe a foot and a half, maybe two feet wide, if if that. But they are incredibly tiny, tiny cell doors, and there's no windows. The, uh, the back of it is just a slit in like six feet of, or three feet of concrete. Hmm. So it is incredibly cold in there. I can just imagine what it must have been like to be in there, uh, like in jail in there. Especially during the winter time. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, I hear the, uh, I can't remember the name of the hotel that's there too. I hear that's haunted as well. Yep, oh. the Algonquin Hotel. Yes, thank you. That's yep. supposedly haunted by uh, the ghost of a night watchman. Um, from the jail? Really sure. Not from the jail, no. It's a night watchman from the uh, from the building of the Algonquin oh. Hotel, actually. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, that's a place I would like to go. I just want to go to St. Andrews. I haven't been there in forever, and um, those are the two places yeah, I would like to check out someday. I definitely am with that one, as well as uh, Minister's Island. Oh, f totally forgot about that. Yeah. No, I was talking to some people there, and they said workers... Uh, they won't spend the night. <laughs> oh wow! Can you tell the listeners yeah, about low, Min? Low... Sorry, can you tell the listeners about that island? Well, Minister's Island is uh, an island just off St. Andrews, actually, and the only way to reach it is during low tide. <clears throat> They've put up a bit of a causeway that you can drive across, so you actually drive across the ocean floor to get the Minister's Island. Hmm. And this is where uh, one gen a very influential influential gentleman was there. He built the uh, the island. The everything on it uh, and basically it's his uh his family's ancestral home now when you're there you can see like the old bathhouse which is basically carved stone carved out and uh, water fill it's filled with water from the ocean when it comes in but uh yeah if you don't get if you don't leave there before high tide you have to stay on the island until low tide comes again oh and some of the people that were telling me like some of their uh their workers Mm -hmm. Like they'd be there working and they'd say, oh, we're just going to stay the night. We're not worried about it. And they would, 
they would stay, and the next day they would come, and as soon as the low tide came, they were gone, and they never came back. Hmm. Yeah, nobody's ever really spoken about what, like, I haven't heard any actual stories about what they saw. Mm-hmm. But it was something well enough to scare some people away, and a lot of the employees that are there say they get uncomfortable feelings in a lot of areas of the house. Yeah. Wow. That would be another interesting place to, to check. Mm-hmm. So many... There, uh, there's so many places in, in the, on the East Coast that, um, you know, I, I would just love to go investigate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think mainly because I'm from the East Coast, so <laughs> that could be uh, one of the reasons. Oh, yeah. You always want to go back home and see what you can find, right? Exactly, yeah. We went home uh, last summer. I hadn't been home in 11 years, so, um, uh, but I didn't, get any ch- I didn't get a chance to check out any places. Um, I drove by uh, Rebecca's grave, you know, um, been yeah. there several times as a teenager, uh, which is kind of funny, but, um, yeah, it's... Mm-hmm. Lots of interesting places down east. That's that's the, that's for sure. But you got to think it was one of the first areas of Canada to be settled. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's so it's going to have be... a lot of a lot of history in there. So yeah, for sure. Well, John, before we sign off, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? Certainly. Uh, you can find me uh, at my website www.ottawaparanormal.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the usuals under the Ottawa Paranormal uh, tag. Or you can find links to it on the uh, actual website. Or you can find also the show, Into the Haunting, uh, and get updates when we're out investigating. We sometimes put some behind-the-scenes live videos and things. So that's always there's always some cool stuff there for people to see when we're, when we're in action. Yeah, I see you on Facebook sometimes with uh, little uh, walking-through places. Yep, though that's usually our uh, our getting our opening we're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's neat. I, I like how you share that. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait well, for. Well, like I said, uh, we want people to see. We want people to see. Like that's the only part of it that's actually partially scripted, where we go and we give the history and things like that during our our pre pre investigation stuff. Yeah, but the, as far as scripted, it's it's just um, it's history. It's it's fact. It's something that's you know people know yeah 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 it's a bit of that and a bit of the background of where we're at that's about all we give on those but i mean you have to give those that way there's no there's no way around it right well exactly mm-hmm. well thank you very much john i really appreciate this um and as usual uh, listeners i'll be having the links uh to the places that you can find john so you don't have to try and google and, and try and find everything that will be attached to the show notes so uh, it'll be easier for you to find so again, thank you so much, John. Uh, if you do go to um, that island, uh, keep me posted and please be safe. <laughs> I will. And if you don't hear, and if I don't come back, just try again with an EVP recorder. Yeah, that's what I plan on doing. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> Take Thanks care. Thanks for having me, Kat. <laughs> Anytime. Thank you. No problem. We'll talk to you guys later. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you.
Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants, 